So, as Gil mentioned, the topics of this retreat, the, the theme that we have chosen for this retreat, are basically a, um, it's about, they're about, it's about cultivating wisdom. It's about cultivating wisdom. Recently, I read this quote by Seydou Ray Ronke in an article called The Examined Life about wisdom. Wisdom is not merely something to be gained with old age. One can be, vi- can, one can be wise in every stage of one's life. To manifest wisdom means simply to step back and see, to reflect, inquire, be aware, be disciplined, and be focused, not once in a while, but all the time, moment to moment. This life is precious and fleeting, pay attention. Read the last part again. To manifest wisdom means simply to step back and see, to reflect, inquire, be aware, be disciplined, and be focused not once in a while, but all of the time, moment to moment. This life is precious and fleeting. Pay attention. That's what we're doing here. We've taken this time out of our lives to be here, to take a step back, to reflect, to inquire, to be aware, to be disciplined. It is a life that is precious and fleeting, and we are here to pay attention. Precious and fleeting, fleeting, impermanent. Everything changes all the time. So, as one of the marks of existence, as Gil mentioned in his Dharma last night, in order for us to have insight into the three characteristics of impermanence, anicca, unsatisfactoriness, dukkha, or not-self, anatta, the three characteristics, also known as the three marks of existence, or the three perspectives, For the insight into these to arise, we need to cultivate their opposites because we cannot force ourselves to have insight into these, into these marks of existence. We can't create insights, but we can cultivate the conditions for them to arise. 
and the conditions that we cultivate for these insights that are synonymous. These three insights are synonymous with with the arising of wisdom in Buddhism. So as we cultivate the con- we, we can cultivate the conditions for them to arise. The insight into impermanence and nicha that everything changes all the time. I mean, it's something that we all know. Yeah, everything changes, we know that. But it's harder sometimes to make peace with that when things change that we don't want to change when we are healthy and we get sick. We don't want that kind of a change. We want to hold on to our health. We want to hold on to our youth. We want to hold on to whatever it is we want to hold on to. We want to hold on to the conditions in the, of our lives that that are good. People that we care about, we don't want to lose them. We don't want to die. Making peace with with impermanence is part of the path, part of this practice, and having insight to how everything changes at a fundamental level. Even when we take things, we take, for example, the process of our life, the constancy of our life unfolding for granted, as Matthew was beautifully talking about this morning in his guided meditation. Our life is a series of experiences. Feels like there's a constant this flow of life, our life. Seeing impermanence, there's so many, many different ways and different levels to to have insight to impermanence to anicca. And they arise in their own time. We can't force them. We shouldn't force them, because in fact, if they arise when our minds are not ready, they can be quite destabilizing. And in fact, sometimes they can be destabilizing, these, these insights, for example, insight to impermanence. So we need to really develop its opposite. Groundedness, stability. So that's what I would like to talk about tonight, or this afternoon rather, about stability, developing stability, groundedness. So as I talk about impermanence and having insight, a deep insight to impermanence, on some level we all know about impermanence and we're dealing with it. As, as our human experience, sorrow, loss, difficulty, just changes, changes. It's part of the package of being human. And we all, we all know on, a, on some basic level that we do need stability in our lives to deal with the change, with the instability. And it's particularly important on retreat, developing stability 
and groundedness, and especially the first few days of retreat as we come. And as the mind is going all over the place, the monkey mind, and the, we're trying to settle, we try to develop stability, we're trying to develop groundedness. So what are some sources of stability in our practice? As you've noticed in our instructions, as they're unfolding the guided meditations, we started this morning with breath. With the walking meditation, it was about sensations of the body tethering the mindfulness in the body, the sensations of the body, stabilizing, not in the head, not in the thoughts. We don't start there with thinking mind, but we start with the body stabilizing, tethering the attention, the mindfulness in the body, in the breath. Gil has a wonderful teaching that I like to share he likens the, the development of practice and setting it up in the instructions in, as a pyramid where on the bottom level there is the body's the most stable level, it's the bottom of the pyramid. And then there are emotions and mind states and on the top there are mind states, there are thoughts. It also corresponds to how we really are as being and how we can find stability. Because if we give a lot of attention, if we really focus on the thoughts, on, on if, if, for example, if, if a pyramid, if, um, if it, it becomes top-heavy, it topples over, it falls over. But a pyramid is really stable when its bottom layer is really stable and heavy. So the same way, finding stability in groundedness, groundedness in, in, in the body, tethering the mindfulness, the attention in the raw sensations. Again, this is reflected in, in the, in our meditation, and actually how we sit and how we try to develop meditation, how we try to develop stability. Also for those of you who are in the room, when I offered some guidance on sitting posture and posture advice, the idea of feeling that you're a well-rooted tree when you're sitting on the cushion, that you're a tree with, with roots going in, that idea of stability, that you're stable. So it's really about bringing attention to the body and stabilizing in the body. Venerable Analyo, who's a Theravadan monk and scholar in, um, uh, in Germany and in Sri Lanka, um, and he's written 
uh, two books on, well, many, many books, but two of them are on uh, Satipatthana Sutta, the four foundations of mindfulness. And, and the way he teaches the four foundations of mindfulness um, he teaches is with the idea of a hub of the wheel and spokes that are practices that support it and then the outer wheel. The hub for him in his teachings is kaya gatasati, which is literally kaya is the body, gata has gone to sati, mindfulness, mindfulness gone to the body. So the hub of the wheel is kaya gatasati, mindfulness of the body. Hub of the wheel, really the center. What really supports the, the whole structure, that hub of the wheel, is mindfulness of the body, that stability in the body. So as you're developing your stability in the next few days, remember when, when you're being tossed about by thoughts, emotions, the body, the body, come back to the body, take a breath, stabilize in the body, relax, soften, feel the body, it's right here, the body is your friend feeling the touch points, feeling the sensations, grounding, settling. As we continue to develop this sense of stability through stabilizing in the body and stabilizing the breath, <clears throat> the sensations of the breath. Another aid in our stability arises, which is concentration, which is unification of the mind, also known as samadhi. I actually prefer unification of the mind, calming the mind, stabilizing the mind, any of those over concentration, because in the West the word concentration has a con connotation of, of a borrowed frau that's really working hard to concentrate. And I can tell you that's the sure way not for the mind to get concentrated, because if you're pushing too hard and, and really tightening the body too much and really, really trying to make yourself concentrate it, it won't work. What will settle the mind is, is continuous, is, is actually constancy, is atapi, ardency, which is continued, continued attention, continued mindfulness, small doses, but continued over and over and over and over again. It's gentle, 
but it's over and over and over again. So, as a part of that, as a part of that continued ardent ardency, which in and of itself is another support for our stability. All of these are related, actually. All these different factors of, um, of that that give rise to stability. Um, actually, coming back to, I'll talk more in a moment about constancy. But speaking about um, samadhi unification of the mind. Um, it's really, it's a steadiness of the mind that allows us to see and stay with um, whatever arises. It gives constancy to the mind to really be stable and see things as things change without being distracted or and taken away. It also allows us to break down for example, this delusion of permanence that comes with a sense of compactness. For example, our body feels permanent, feels kind of stable, whereas with a concentrated, with a unified, calm mind, you can see that it's actually a lot of sensations that's constantly in flux the perception of our bodies is really the 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 inner experience of the body is just changing changing sensations all the time so unification of the mind calmness of the mind will allow us to see to allow us to see this change this ever changing nature of what is the body developing this stability, unification of the mind is so important in the teachings that once I did an informal survey of the, of Majjhima Nikaya, of the index, and I was looking for how many times the word, actually the word jhana, which is the deep states of absorption, um, when the mind is really, really calm um, and in deep states of samadhi or concentration. I was curious to see how many times the Buddha talked about jhana, concentration, um, compared to other things. And I was surprised to find there were only two words that the in, in the index showed up more often than the word for jhana, concentration. Guess what those two words were? Any guesses? Buddha? Buddha? Good. You got one of them. Yes. Wow. Did you look at the index too? <laughs> the guesses were Buddha and Dharma. Those are the two words. And uh, after that, jhana and a few other words. So there was a tie, but... but uh, but just to give you a sense of how important developing the stability of the mind um, really is in the teachings for developing wisdom. 
how important it is. And this development really happens, the sense of stability and groundedness of the mind really happens not so much with striving of wanting to be and, and, and pushing ourselves to be. So the word push doesn't really have a place here, but it's that sense of constancy, continuing to apply ourselves over and over and over with re renewed um, dedication every moment, every breath renewing that dedication. And it's, it's very little effort. It's not tight. It's actually a very gentle and relaxed effort, but it's constant over and over and over and over. So just as you're sitting here and listening to what I'm saying, how much effort is, is it taking to listen? Is it a lot of effort or is it kind of gentle? It's just listening is happening. You see how much effort is taking? Just pay attention to how much effort it takes just to listen to the sound of my voice. Is it a lot of effort? Is it a little bit of effort? It's, it's gentle. It's in the background. It's not Herculean effort. It's, you know. So that's the level of effort. It's continued. It's not exhausting you to listen, right? You can listen for a whole hour. If you're thinking really, really hard and cognizing, that can be tiring. But if you're just listening, that level of attention that it takes to stay with listening, that level of effort, that level of effort renewed every moment, every moment, renewed every moment, every moment. It's gentle, but it's renewed every moment. So that constancy in and of itself not only does it give rise to the mind settling and having unification, samadhi, but also in and of itself, that sense of constancy is a support for stability, giving stability in our practice. It's this continue, continued effort, not exhausting, but it's over and over and over again. A corollary of that is stability through routine, especially here on, on retreat. There is a routine. You don't have to decide, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I go for a walk? Should I sit? Well, there's a schedule. Give yourself to this schedule. You don't have to decide. Just give yourself to it. It's, it's a service that, that you can do for yourself. Keep it simple. Just it's, it's been designed for you. It's right there. It's easy. Just give yourself to schedule. That routine, let that routine be a support for your stability, a scaffolding for the stability of your practice. And as you give yourself to the schedule, the corollary of that is the support that you receive from the community. Everybody here who's doing the same thing, 
doing the sitting meditation, doing the walking meditation, eating with you at the same time. And that support of the community can also be a way that you can find stability. If you are the only person in these halls of IRC, you're on solar retreat, it would be harder. You'd be distracted more. You would go here, there. But, but notice, really relish, take advantage of this support, of the stability that's offered through practicing in community of dedicated practitioners here. Another support for stability of our practice is continuity. And that is similar and ties in with the idea of atapi, this ardency, not exhausting, but continued effort over and over and over again every moment. The continuity is the over and over every every moment. So when you're sitting, you're practicing. There's the continuity to your practice. You don't just, you're not just mindful for the first five minutes. There's a continuity to your mindfulness. You keep bringing the mind back. You keep being, you, you keep refreshing your intention. And then when you get off the cushion. It's not like, oh, okay, well, that was that. Now I'll just go for a cup of tea and then, you know, maybe I'll go for a walk. No, you continue to practice. You are on retreat for seven days. It's continuous. Every moment you're on retreat. And that continuity, really realizing that, that paying homage to that, that continuity when you go to the bathroom, when you're doing your yogi job, when you are washing your plate, when you're getting up, when you're turning the doorknob, all of those moments, continuity, continuity. It's so important in building stability in our practice, that moment-to-moment -moment continuity. That's how practice momentum builds up. It's not Herculean effort on the cushion and then, whew, gosh, that was so exhausting, I need to go take a nap. It's not that. It's a little, it's continued gentle, gentle effort throughout, throughout. And that's why I was pointing out the level of effort it takes to listen, because it's gentle, but it's constant. That level of effort, bringing the mind back and being mindful throughout the day, paying attention throughout the day and even as you lay down to sleep. And when you close the door in your room, again, your mindfulness doesn't end. Some, watch yourself, notice if you close the door to your room and it's like, okay, I'm off now. Oh, I'm off retreat, I don't have to be mindful anymore. If it doesn't take a lot of effort, if it's not Herculean, if, you, if you're not setting your practice up to be this, this tightness in the body, but actually it's easy, then it can be continuous throughout. When you close the door of your room, when you're about to sit down and lie, lie down to rest, it can be continuous throughout. 
your life becomes a retreat. Another support for stability is stability of commitment. Stability of resolve. It's getting in touch with the intentionality, the intention that brought you here, why you're here. Why did you come here? Actually, as I'm asking you, close your eyes for a moment and get in touch with your intention. Why are you here? What is your intention? What is your highest intention? Can you capture it in a word? so that that word can remind you of your commitment, of your intention. And you can repeat yourself that word every morning as you wake up. So getting in touch with our intention can help sustain our commitment for practice in our life. I particularly appreciate the Buddha image, the statue. If you've noticed, all Buddha statues, the right hand is touching the earth is the, the um, earth-holding-witness mudra. So the story goes that when the Buddha sat down under the Bodhi tree and, and decided that he was not getting up until he was enlightened, Mara came with armies, and Mara is um, the embodiment of um, basically all unskillful mind states, emotions, thoughts, etc. So he was besieged by, by Mara. And at some point he reaches down and touches the, the ground. And as earth is my witness, I have the right to be here. So it's that unshakability, steadfastness, unmovability. It's that renewing the commitment. I have the right to be here. I am not moving. I am not moving until I wake up. It's this sense of groundedness. Like when you have two live wires, when you have live wires and you ground them, it's just that grounding, that groundedness, stability, resolve, commitment. Try that if you find yourself besieged 
by mara, by doubt, by sadness, by, by emotions, by thoughts. Touch the earth, stabilize. I deserve to be here. I am here. Unshakable, I am here. Get in touch with your commitment, with your resolve, with your intention for being here on retreat. Corollary of resolve is courage. And it's the courage to be with whatever arises, with whatever arises in the mind, being in the midst of it. It's, it's a gentle courage. It's both warrior-like because it's sense of courage sitting with dignity in the midst of whatever comes up. It may be grief, it might be sadness, it might be memories, it might be anger, whatever it is, being in the midst of it. it might be fear and having the courage to be with it. And of course, as I say that, there is wisdom. There is wisdom of titration. There is some point that it's just too much and it's not wise to be in the midst of it and bring it all on. But it's wiser to stabilize and stabilize in the body and tether, take a stability breather in the body and then be with what is. There is stability in acceptance in being things being with things as they are, with, with equanimity. It gives one a sense of stability, a sense of being unmoved when there is an acceptance of things as they are. And the word acceptance here doesn't mean that we're a wet noodle and anything can happen to us, but it's just accepting the reality of the moment this moment is like this. This is the reality of this moment. This is the reality of this moment in terms of emotions, in terms of what the body is feeling, in terms of what is happening in my mind. Just accepting that is acceptance. Another huge source of stability in our practice, and as we continue to develop stability, especially in these days, is the stability of a kind, gentle, generous, and forgiving heart. So the heart qualities, both in terms of self-care having kindness and metta for ourselves gives us a stability that we can hold difficulty. And that sense of generosity and kindness can also 
make the mind more stable and spacious and less brittle. Like if someone cut in front of you in the dining hall line, if the, if the heart is generous and kind, not brittle, then, well, you know, you can, it, it, it lets go. Otherwise, if, if the mind is tight and it doesn't have the generosity or the kindness, then it can be really tossed around and maybe that one incident the next three hours you're fuming about how dare this person cut in front of me, right? It can, you can lose your stability. But if the, the, the heart is in a place of kindness and gentleness and generosity about others, it actually gives, it pays, it pays dividends for your own heart in terms of ease for your own mind. So cultivating metta, cultivating an attitude of friendliness, both to yourself in terms of self-care, being comfortable when you sit. If you're tired, if you really tried, for example, standing meditation, opening your eyes, walking around, but you're just exhausted, sleep, take a nap, be kind to yourself. So both kindness to yourself, generosity to yourself as a way of building stability in the body and the mind, and generosity and kindness and forgiveness for others so that the mind and the heart are not so brittle that they will, they will go overboard. Another support for building stability in the mind and heart are through uplifting the mind. Uplifting the mind through taking in the good, for example, recounting your own virtue, your own kindness, your acts of generosity. Last night, we all took the precepts together. So sila, precepts. When you think about times when you did not harm, you did not take life, you did not take what was not offered, you did not cause harm out of your sexual energy, you did not take intoxicants, you can remember these. You did not lie, even though it would have been so easy to lie or open your mouth and really harm someone with your difficult words. The mind can be uplifted and allow yourself to be uplifted by the memory of the generous and kind act, kind acts, and the the harmful acts that were not committed. Let the mind be uplifted, and that can be a way for the mind to have more stability, to be with what is not so easy. A corollary of that is also uplifting the mind through appreciating nature. And I think at IRC we are blessed. It's a lovely space. I practiced a time in Asia and um, in Burma, for example, there are a lot of city centers where meditation um, 
places like this or in the middle of a very, very busy city and it's very loud outside and um, there's not a lot of trees or anything green outside for the mind to, to be uplifted by and which is fine just just pointing out that we are lucky here to have this, these lovely trees and the space around the property for the mind to be uplifted for the sound of the birds for the cool air just it's been so gentle the air has been so gentle today so letting the mind be uplifted The mind doesn't need, by the way, so much. You know, lots and lots of vistas to be uplifted and big hills and this and that. Just a little bit. Just a little bit is enough, I found in my practice. I actually sat at a retreat here at IRC a couple of months ago. And just going for, for the little walks or just standing with one tree in the middle of... Uh, or just watching some of the, the, the grass that was growing with, with morning dew one morning, that's enough. It, you don't need huge vistas and lots of land. It's enough. The mind can really be uplifted with the beauty of, of nature that is available to us at IRC. So check, check in with your mind. If your mind's saying, well, it's not a lot of land, or if it was bigger, check in with that mind. Right? Isn't the mind that it's expecting otherwise and, and is not really taking advantage of what is, not even seeing what is? Or is your mind being uplifted and creative with the possibilities? The last in the long list of of offerings of of tools and ways that we can support developing stability is is perspective. And perspective is how we can really contemplate our life and our role in the bigger picture of life and humanity. Getting a sense of perspective of our interconnectedness and the role we have. It can create stability, especially if we're in the midst of, of a lot of emotional drama, to really get a sense of the bigger picture of life. Almost seven billion brothers and sisters living on this planet in very different circumstances. Many of them much more difficult and trying. And just getting an appreciation for our role in the bigger picture 
of all the beings that are alive now and all the beings that have come before us and will come after us. Getting the sense of that bigger picture. And feeling stability through the connection to the bigger picture of life can also counter self-absorption can give us a bigger vista of our life. So, for the last few minutes, I offer you to do a guided meditation with me and just ask yourself, what are your sources of stability and groundedness? from the things that were discussed today or not discussed. Just think in your heart. What are the tools, what are the ways in which you develop stability in your life, in your practice? On retreat right now, what are you doing? What is working? What could you be doing more of and giving a try that you haven't been utilizing so much to develop stability. Make yourself a little list. The things that have been working, you have been doing, let your mind be uplifted. Ah, I have been following the schedule. Yes, I've been giving myself to the schedule. I have been kind to myself and have had a feeling of kindness and generosity towards others. Oh good, let my mind be uplifted. Or maybe that's something that I can do more of as a source for stability. <coughs> Come up with two lists if you can. The list of things that you've been doing, uplift your mind, and things that be good to try more. Perhaps atapi, continu continuity, ardency, Renewing your commitment every moment, continuously, gently, but continuously, every moment. And we'll just continue to sit together with this contemplation for another minute or two.
To manifest wisdom means simply to step back and see, to reflect, inquire, be aware, be disciplined, and be focused not once in a while, but all of the time, moment to moment. This life is precious and fleeting. Pay attention. Thank you for your kind attention, and I hope the offering was of some help.